brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Medicine and Health with Dr. Paul Anderson. This is a show about opening up the often mysterious world of how doctors think. The goal? To empower the listener to gain access to the best health care possible. And welcome today to Medicine and Health with Dr. Paul Anderson. And I am Dr. Paul Anderson coming to you today from Anderson Medical Specialty Associates in Seattle, Washington. And today our topic is overall the topic. One of the things that happens is that people will sometimes confuse terms because they're really kind of unique terms or maybe even arcane terms unless you're a toxicologist. So I want to start out just by talking about what is it that uh, makes a toxin, what is it that makes toxicity and detoxification, and how is it that we deal with that? So the first thing is detoxification is a process, and it's, it's, it's a very specific term in medicine, but as you've probably heard or maybe even said yourself, it can be a really non-specific term kind of in general. And so people will sometimes say, well, I'm going to detox. And they might mean that they had too much to drink. <laughs> they might mean that they've had, uh, you know, been exposed to, uh, you know, bug spray and they need to detox. They may even think that, you know, they, they just maybe have had, too much exposure to all kinds of things throughout their life, and it's just not going very well. So they need to get stuff out of them. And kind of all of those things can lead to the idea of, of I need to detox. So sometimes, you know, for most of us, the idea of uh, the word detox is <clears throat> a very global term. And so people will say, well, you know, I'm going to do a detox. So what does that mean? Well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do saunas. I'm going to, um, or I'm not going to eat for a week or I'm going to drink extra water or all sorts of other things. So 
what can we take from that? Well, the first thing is, is that when you think about detoxification, the first part of that is you have to understand, well, what, what's a toxin? And so what would it be to detoxify the rest of your body? In the world of toxicology, the idea of detoxification is a very specific thing, and that means really kind of one toxin and one treatment. So when we have that, the thing that you have to consider is you get something in your body that you shouldn't have there. And so let's take a really bad example. You have a child, and they're in an old house, and they're eating uh, lead paint chips. And that's, you know, it's happened you know, hundreds or thousands of times. It's very bad because the child winds up having all sorts of neurological issues or whatever with the lead. So they find this out and they go to the toxicologist and they will treat the child. Well, when they treat the child, they do a particular detoxification treatment of a type we're going to talk about later in the show. And it's very specifically aimed at the lead that is built up in the child. And so there's that. So detoxification specifically means that you know that there's one problem and you're going after it with one treatment. Now, as we're going to talk about today, that doesn't always work out that way. Um, the reason in the lay public that a lot of times the term detoxification gets kind of grafted onto anything bad is because in reality, let's say, you know, you're not a child eating paint chips, but maybe you're an adult who has had all sorts of things go on and you've been exposed to, you know, paint fumes, you've been exposed to, uh, you know, bug spray and all manner of other things and floor polish, etc. And also maybe, you know, you've had some metals or whatever you've been exposed to. So your body builds up a level of toxicity that is really not very helpful for you. So you go and you do detoxification and it may be a broader idea or a broader term for you. So the first thing to consider is, you know, what is a toxin? So technically a toxin is anything that should not be in your body at the level that it is in your body and it's creating a disease or a bad state in your body. So what does that mean, level in your body? Well, there are certain things uh, that might be in your body in a, in a background amount that, you know, may be there and they're just fine. For instance, the human body makes a little tiny bit of acetone, an acetone-like product every day. And... The thing to consider about that is that the human body's metabolism has a way to deal with tiny, tiny amounts of acetone because it gets created and gets taken away, and it doesn't really cause you any trouble. But if you go out and you were to actually, say, drink acetone, it would kill you. Why? Because the level or the dose is actually toxic. So it is a toxin but it's also at a dose that's toxic. Now, in the world of detoxification, the first uh, target is do we understand where the toxin goes in the body 
do we understand what the toxin does to make us sick? And most importantly, if you're a toxicologist, is do we understand what to do to get the stuff out of you or decrease the amount that's inside of you? So, for instance... Is there a, uh, a process we can speed up, uh, like a liver detoxification uh, pathway? Is there a uh, drug we can give you to take the stuff out? Or is there another substance that can go in your body in a high enough amount to remove the toxin from you? Well, there's a lot of examples of toxin and detoxification, for instance, in emergency medicine. Uh, if you, uh, for example, you know, you have a child sometimes that, or even an animal that will drink something like antifreeze. Well, that, we all know that that's very bad for you and it can kill you. Well, there are treatments if you get the animal or the child, you know, quickly enough to uh, the hospital that they can do to help to speed up the pathways that get rid of that particular toxin. The other thing, the example we use with respect to lead is, um, let's say, you know, you, you do get exposed to lead uh, or mercury or something like that. There are drugs that will go in and bind to the lead or the mercury or the other bad guys and take it out of your body. Now, there are sort of two categories of detoxification treatments. One is more of a metabolic treatment, meaning that you speed up the removal of the bad substance by speeding up the body's natural process of getting rid of it. That's a huge thing. And that's kind of what they try to do with something like uh, antifreeze, etc., then the other side is, is that your body doesn't have maybe a great way to get rid of it. Let's say like lead or mercury. If you put too much lead or too much mercury in, the kidneys can get backed up with it. They can't get rid of it very easily. So then you have to give a treatment that instead of being a metabolic speed up is now something that actually forces the body to get rid of the bad substance. And those, in the case of metals, we often call a chelator. And the chelator's idea is to grab on to the metal and hold it until it goes out of your body, usually through the urine, but sometimes through the digestive tract as well. Now, when we talk about chelation, chelation uh, is a word that gets kind of brought over uh, from the Greek words about claw. So keel or chelate is related to the word claw or grab. And so when we think about a chelator, this is something specific that's not usually in your body to start with. It goes in your body, it grabs onto this bad substance like a metal, and it holds it in a state that the body can get rid of very easily. So chelation itself is sometimes used in the world of toxicology when you've gotten too much of a very bad metal. There's another... Uh, process that's sort of in between, but it's it's a lot like chelation, and that is um, a supportive uh, removal. And so by that I mean we're not trying to speed up a natural detoxification pathway, such as you know giving a drug to help you get rid of the uh, glycol in the uh, antifreeze that you drank. But on the other hand. It's not quite a chelation because it doesn't really grab it hard and force it out. 
And so when I'm talking to patients about these sort of intermediate processes, I usually talk to them about uh, the idea of a uh, a support molecule or a shepherding molecule. It actually helps to remove uh, the bad substance, but it doesn't really either speed its elimination through metabolism, nor does it fully grab on. It's kind of in the middle. So I talk about the processes that we might use for all three of those things. In the case of the first thing, which is metabolic support, that's either going to be another chemical that either blocks the bad substance from going and getting stuck in your body somewhere and forces it out. That's the kind of thing that you do, say, with a, you know, antifreeze toxicity or something like that. Sometimes a metabolic support is I speed up the normal enzymes and processes that help me get rid of the bad guys. And that's often done with substances that are either nutrients or nutrient-like substances. That's very important. Then there's the chelators, which literally are a uh, a structure of a uh, molecule that is allowed to grab onto a metal. These chelators are mostly for metal substances. Now, they work on other things, believe it or not. Most chelators, actually, the most quantity of chelators are used either in uh, food science in agriculture or in chemical science in uh, scrubbing. Uh, so you have a chemistry plant, and you're trying to get stuff out of the water. They'll use chelators to scrub the water. But in humans, you'd use very, very specifically dosed uh, chemicals that are put into the body at a body weight adjusted dose. And they grab onto the bad metals and they, they literally hold them in a form that you can only do one thing with, and that's eliminate. So that's a chelator. So you got metabolism support. That helps you get rid of things, especially like chemicals. Then you've got chelators. That helps you specifically get rid of uh, things like metals. And then there's a few things that are kind of in the middle, and uh, uh, these are supportive, and I, I, I often uh, talk, talk about them as shepherding molecules. And so you think, well, that's a weird thing, but what's a shepherding molecule? So a shepherding molecule is not really going to speed up metabolism. It's also not going to fully grab onto the bad guy and remove it. But one of the most common uh, types of uh, detoxification process and and actually uh, most common type of toxin is seen in patients who get uh, um, procedures around kidney failure. So you'll have uh, nephrology or kidney patients, and they'll be getting dialysis, and the kidneys slow down. and And you know your kidneys and your liver and your skin kind of keep you from getting more toxin than you already are. So one of the things that we see in these patients who are on dialysis is their levels of aluminum will build up. Well, aluminum is not a heavy metal. I think of it kind of as a light metal. And it doesn't respond very well to the chelators that we would give you, say, for mercury or lead. So what happens then is aluminum is actually helped out of the body by these shepherding molecules or support molecules. And so... <clears throat> If you have the unfortunate circumstance of building up a lot of uh, aluminum, your kidney doctor usually, a nephrologist, will give you an organic acid such as malic acid or citric acid, and that will actually help your body to process the aluminum out of the system. 
And so it literally comes alongside the aluminum. It kind of holds onto it, but it keeps it going in the direction of being filtered out through the kidneys, something that it wasn't doing before. So you have three mechanisms there. You have grabbing, which is chelation. You have uh, the promotion of natural detoxification, which is chemical pathway elimination. And then you have this kind of thing that's in the middle, uh, which is supportive or like a shepherding molecule to help it out of your system. But the important thing about all three of those things is those are all technically detoxification. And to a toxicologist who is a specialist that takes care of uh, chemical toxins, detoxification is very, very specific, and it means you've, you've got a chemical in you, you've got a metal in you, whatever. We have a treatment to get that stuff out of you. Now, we've gone through the idea of toxicity and detoxification, and I mentioned at the beginning that sometimes we get this term confused with other terms, and so detoxification can really mean a broader term. So when you're, you know, your sister-in-law or your neighbor says, I'm going to go on a detox, you know, because I've I really, you know, had a wild, uh, you know, holiday season and I want to clean my system up, they might mean something completely different from detox, but it's still a real thing. So we're going to head into a break now and take a very quick break. And we come back, we're going to talk about the topic of depuration, which is what most people actually mean when they say detoxification. So we'll be right back. Anderson Medical Specialty Associates is the clinic that Dr. Anderson founded to provide high-quality, integrative medical care to those with cancer and chronic illnesses. In over 20 years of work with this patient population and research into the best practices for treatment, this clinic provides the highest level of care. Their focuses include all types of cancer, autoimmune diseases such as multiple sclerosis and lupus, as well as chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, and chronic infections such as Lyme and Lyme-like illness. Their only goal is to help each person find the best path to health for their individual needs. Located in Seattle, Washington. Visit the clinic website, www.amsa.com. Dot com, or call the clinic at 206-629-2186. And we're back with Medicine and Health with Dr. Paul Anderson. Before the break, in our first section, we were talking about the technical definition of a toxin and detoxification. And a toxin is anything in in the quantity that entered your body that's not supposed to be there. And I did mention that there are a few examples where the body may actually hold on to or make something that's bad, but it doesn't keep it very long. Uh, the best example uh, that I can think of chemically is acetone. The, the body actually, human body actually makes tiny amounts of acetone, but they're on the way to some other chemistry. And so at those levels, your body knows what to do with it. But 
example I gave was if you drink a bottle of acetone, you might actually die because it's very poisonous. So there's difference in the dose that you get exposed to. The next thing is that detoxification is a technical term that means you have a toxin, we agree, and we're going to give you something to create the removal of the toxin from your body because we're worried you might die or have some other horrible uh, event from the toxin being in there. And I said there's three major methods of detoxification. So there is uh, metabolic support or pathway support, and that is for chemicals generally. And that's a natural process in your body is sped up or manipulated to get rid of the bad guy, the toxin. The next one is chelation. Chelate means grab or claw or something from Greek. And, you know, you claw onto or grab onto the metal and then a chelator literally binds the metal and leaves you. And then in the middle, there's this sort of kind of 50-50 thing, which is it's not really a metabolic change, but it's not really a chelator. And these are support molecules that are often given to help things that cannot technically be chelated, nor can they be metabolized. So that'd be something like aluminum. Uh, aluminum is uh, not good for you, and it can be helped to be removed if you get a big dose of it by certain uh, organic acids like malic acid and citric acid, and they actually um, are able to, uh, I call it, shepherd the aluminum out of the body. So it helps the aluminum move out of the body. So we got those three things. And then I was saying, you know, detoxification in the kind of the common terminology is maybe a broader term than what I just talked about as far as medical detoxification. So if your uh, sibling comes to you and they say, hey, I'm going to do this detox. Do you want to go on a detox with me? What in the world does that mean? Does that mean they're going to go get a, you know, a chelating drug and they're going to take that? Well, it might, but, you know, usually when people say I'm going to do a detox, what they're really talking about is a bigger picture term, which has to do with the removal of bad things from the body and the optimizing of the system that removes them. So it's a global term. And technically, that term is one that we don't usually use, but it's often what we really mean. And that term is depuration. So it's it's not deprivation, it's depuration. Depuration basically means uh, to enhance the natural processes of the body to help remove things that are waiting to leave. Now, there's an old medical term that fits in here, and it's a really wonderful term, but almost nobody uses this term anymore, and it's, it's too bad. Uh, but this old term is uh, to enhance what they used to call the emunctories. So it's a e, an E word, emunctory. The emunctories basically meant anything that your body had going for it that was a pathway out. So you think about that. That's more of a global concept. Detoxification is a specific concept, meaning I have a specific problem, a specific toxin, and I need a specific solution for that toxin. And it ignores every other thing you may have ever been toxified with. Uh, Depuration means what I'm going to do is I'm going to make my whole body amenable to the removal of whatever's there. 
Okay, so in depuration, you may or may not care or know all of the things that might be in your body, but you're just going to try and help to get them out. So in depuration, when most people, you know, your neighbor comes over and says, hey, I'm doing this awesome detox and here's what I'm doing. And, you know, I'm, I'm sweating every day and I'm drinking extra water. I'm taking, you know, fiber and all this stuff. They're, you, what they're really doing is a depuration. Now that can be a wonderful way to start if you are, say, exposed to toxins, etc. Because these, these emunctories, the ways out of the body, have to be working. Or if you actually do start to detoxify, the bad stuff gets stuck. And that's really, really bad for you and you get really sick. I'm going to give some examples of that coming up here. So what uh, areas are, are the emunctories? How does our body get rid of stuff? Well, we mentioned earlier that the detox pathways are usually in the liver or the kidneys, and that's generally true. You have them really everywhere in your body, but the liver and kidneys get most of the stress there. So two of the most important organ systems in depuration, the bigger picture thing, are the liver and the kidneys, so we've got to support them. But also there's the digestive tract, because as you know, the digestive tract is a wonderful way to get rid of certain things. Then there's areas like your skin. Your skin is a way to get rid of toxins through usually two methods. One is that your body is constantly making new skin cells and dumping off the old ones. And so uh, toxins can actually get into your skin cells and be sloughed off, so to speak. But the major one through the skin are the gland system, your sweat glands, etc., are a way to carry especially water-soluble toxins out of your system. So in depuration, you're thinking about the skin and the sweating apparatus. You're thinking about the digestive apparatus the kidneys, the liver, and there's also the respiratory system because we blow off, we respire out carbon dioxide, but we also respire out, you know, any other bad gaseous substance that may be in our system. If you've ever um, maybe been around somebody uh, who has had uh, problems in regulating their blood sugar. Uh, there, there's a, a problem, you know, called ketoacidosis where they actually smell kind of like acetone. What they're doing is their, their lungs are trying to respire out some of the extra, the keto acids that are, are very bad for them. And so that's why you smell that. You smell it on the skin, et cetera. Um, so in depuration, your job is what, when, when most people say, I'm going to do a detox, what they really mean is I'm going to do a depuration protocol. And so that means I'm going to take any of the emunctory system. So that means the skin and the hair and the glands and the respiratory system and the kidneys and the liver and the digestive system, all that stuff to get stuff out of you. And its goal is then to, to, to use all of those means in whatever way is chemically appropriate to get the junk out of your system. That's what most people mean. Now, medically speaking, when we get somebody who has uh, a either a toxin exposure or we're 
you know, concern that they've, you know, maybe just over their lifetime, they've built up a lot of exposure that they're a little behind in getting rid of. Or uh, maybe, you know, you, you actually have a child who has a, you know, high amount of metal in their test or something. You need to be treated in such a manner that does both of these big picture things. So the first thing when we're working with patients that we're looking at is we want their body to be free to get rid of stuff on its own without our help, really. And that's the depuration part. So how does that work? Well, the first thing is, is that you need to make sure that all of the ways out of the body are open and ready to run. And what that essentially means is we want the normal determinants of elimination and movement through the body to be adequate. So the first part about that is we want to be really well hydrated. So hydration is enough water going in our system so that if there is junk, it's floating around in our blood plasma. It has the chance to be filtered out through the kidneys and leave the body. So hydration is actually, it's, it's fairly easy to do. And it's really, really important. A lot of people forget about that. I'm going to tell you a story about a patient in a minute who didn't hydrate during a detox and things didn't go very well. The next thing is you want the digestive system to be able to eliminate appropriately. Now, the digestive system, uh, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, is this giant orchestration of different digestive organs and different chemistry and all this stuff that it does. And it's really fairly complicated. It's, it's very elegant in its complication. And what we want to think about there is... In elimination through the digestive system, you know, we think about, well, you know, you have a bowel movement and obviously the stuff going out there, but it's a little more complicated than that, in that when we eliminate through the digestive tract, there's the natural thing that you see, which is the indigestible parts of the food become the stool, etc. So that's part of what leaves you. But the part that often is not thought about is there's a whole bunch of chemistry involved in in digesting your food, but some of that chemistry is also involved in the removal of chemicals from your body. You think about, well, where in the world would that come from since I ate food, et cetera, as I'm eating toxic food? Well, you can eat toxic food, and that's its own problem. But what I'm talking about is the digestive tract up high right after your stomach uses the pancreas and enzymes from the pancreas, which is important. And then it uses bile, and bile comes from the liver and is stored in the gallbladder. What's the bile do? The bile really takes and uh, takes the fat that you've eaten and breaks it down chemically and helps the fats get absorbed. So it's a good thing. The bile is also a product of the liver and the liver detoxifying junk. So the bile often carries with it because the body knows that the bile is going into the digestive tract and the stuff may leave. The body often puts chemical toxins into the bile. So when you're excreting things through the uh, digestive system and you have you know feces moving through and all that stuff, more than just the food that didn't digest is coming out. You got a lot of chemistry in there too. 
And the important thing about that is, is that just like drinking water helps the kidneys to flush stuff through and eliminate and process, eating things that have a lot of fiber in them will help the digestive system to remove some of this chemistry. So if the uh, liver has decided that the bile should carry out some chemicals with it today, as a lot, then the bile will be released to help to break fat down. All of that bad chemistry that went out through the bile will wind up going into the digestive tract. And there's really two things about bile that are really important as far as does it stay or does it go. So it does its job. It helps to break the fat down and get it absorbed. But the thing is, the way that the system is made, the bile itself that that helps to break the fat up does not get absorbed very highly into your uh, into your bloodstream under normal circumstances until later. So bile is recycled, but you can diminish the amount of recycling by doing one particular thing, and that's having enough fiber in your diet. Because if there is fiber in your diet, it doesn't get digested, it doesn't get absorbed, and the fiber will hold the bile and remove it from your body. So when you have bad chemicals coming out through your digestive system in the liver, through the bile tract, what you want is enough fiber to bind the bad guys up and carry them out. So when we're thinking about people and we want to start with just things that help to move stuff through the body, the first thing is lots and lots of water. That's good. Keeps keeps the system hydrated and flushing. But the next thing is eating enough uh, high-fiber foods to help to bind up the chemicals that are put into the digestive tract from the bile. So we have two things that we got to do anyway. One is eat and one is drink. So if we're going to do that and we're going to be involved in depuration, then what we want to do is we want to have a lot of fiber and we want to have a lot of fluid, especially water, because water will help the most to hydrate the system and get rid of the bad stuff. Now, what else can we do? Well, the next thing that we can do is to support the skin part of detoxification. And the skin part of detoxification is really involved mostly in the glandular activity. So that's things like sweating, getting your blood moving and sweating. How is it that the glands make sweat and make all this other stuff? It's because the blood percolates through the gland tissue. The gland tissue takes some of the fluid or the plasma out of the blood turns it into a uh, a fluid that is going to be uh, secreted and excreted, and that's called the sweat. And so sweat leaves your body and goes out. And when it does, it's going to have certain junk in it. It's going to be a way out for certain chemistry. In people who uh, are, uh, for instance, in the end stages of kidney failure, they'll actually develop a, uh, a crystallization on their skin of uh, things that the kidneys are supposed to be getting rid of. And that's a really, really end-stage problem, but it just shows you that if the kidneys are getting behind the glands in the skin, sometimes they'll try and take up uh, the slack. 
And so the thing you want to keep in mind there is the skin has to be promoted to get rid of junk too. So I told you already, stuff you got to do anyway, eat and drink. So we're going to drink extra water. We're going to eat a lot of fiber. That's going to help there. What else can you do for your skin? Well, you can get your sweat glands going faster. How do you do that? Well, you can do things like saunas. You can do things like heating yourself up in other ways. Uh, I have had patients that wanted to do this and wanted to get involved, but they didn't have a sauna and they didn't, you know, they didn't have access to anything to heat themselves up. And one of the best ways to do it is to get the blood moving and get your temperature up at the same time. And so what we would have them do is, you know, to put, uh, you know, to put a t-shirt on and then put a sweat top on over the top and sweatpants and and go for a power walk or even a run if they're a runner. And when the sweat starts flowing, why? Because you're warmer, so there's going to be more sweat coming out. You actually get more junk out that way. So there's all sorts of ways to support depuration. And you can you always want to start with the stuff you got to do anyway, eating, drinking, movement, what we also call exercise, sweating, etc. All that's really, really important. And generally, because you got to eat and drink anyway, you can work that in without costing you any extra money. And you can go out and you can sweat without buying a sauna or doing anything. If you have a sauna, it's great. You can do that too. So we're going to go to a break in just a few seconds here. But when we come back from the break, I want to kind of put these two things together and uh, tell you some case stories about when uh, depuration, detoxification has been necessary with people, when it has worked well, and when it has worked not very well. So we will be back in just a moment, and we'll go over all that. Anderson Medical Specialty Associates is the clinic that Dr. Anderson founded to provide high-quality, integrative medical care to those with cancer and chronic illnesses. In over 20 years of work with this patient population and research into the best practices for treatment, this clinic provides the highest level of care. Their focuses include all types of cancer, autoimmune diseases such as multiple sclerosis and lupus, as well as chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, and chronic infections such as Lyme and Lyme-like illness. Their only goal is to help each person find the best path to health for their individual needs. Located in Seattle, Washington, visit the clinic website, the number one. Dot com or call the clinic at 206-629-2186. And we're back with Medicine Health with Dr. Paul Anderson. Today we're talking about the global topic of toxicity, something everyone seems to be concerned about. And the ideas behind what what is really detoxification versus what's getting your whole body into the act, which we call depuration. 
And when we're thinking of detoxification, we have a, a straightforward process. You have one problem, one toxin. You have a treatment, which falls into one of three categories we talked about, that being either a chelator, a metabolic stimulator, or a, a support molecule. And then we opened up the broader topic of depuration, which is opening up the parts of the body made to get rid of stuff anyway. So this is a natural set of processes. And uh, in the olden days, they used to call them the emunctories, and this was the ways the body had to get rid of things. And the emunctories involve things like the digestive tract, which is hooked up to the liver. It involves the liver and the kidneys. It involves the skin and the sweat glands. and even involves the lungs and the uh, gas removal from the body, which does happen as well. So depurations is big picture uh, topic, and it's what we do sort of all over. And literally when almost everybody I've ever heard uh, says, I'm going to do a detox, I'm going to do a, this kind of detox or that kind of detox, usually what they're really talking about is they're going to do a depuration protocol. Now, in medical practice, sometimes we mix the two because it is important to do both. And there's some things that happen with people if they do too much of one or the other, and, and they can kind of get into uh, uh, dire straits, really. So the thing to keep in mind is, in in my clinical experience, the thing that works best is to start to get the ball rolling by making sure that all of the depuration uh, avenues are open. So what the old-time doctors used to call getting the emunctories open is a depuration process. It's making sure that we're breathing as good air as possible. It's making sure we're getting lots of water through us to help flush stuff out. Making sure, as we talked about before the break, that we're getting enough uh, fiber so that we move things through the digestive tract and we bind up the bad chemicals. Um, making sure that we're sweating on a regular basis. Now, there's a couple of things about sweating that we were talking about, and I just want to kind of uh, synchronize the discussion a little bit, and that is that um, there's two levels of sweating. One is, uh, I said, you know, you could go and you could do a sauna, and uh, sometimes with the sauna, you're you're not moving a whole lot because most time in a sauna, you don't want to be exercising or anything. That would be dangerous. But your body certainly is sweating, so you're forcing sweating because of the heat. Okay, that's fine. Then there's the other way to sweat, which I was saying, you know, people who didn't have a sauna, didn't have a lot of money, but they wanted to sweat. What we would recommend that they do would be to uh, put some, uh, put their clothing on in a way that they would know they would sweat if they went out and did a, you know, a power walk or a run or something like that. Well, why is that important? Well, actually, if you go out and you do, you know, a power walk or a run and you've got a, you know, a literal uh, sweat suit on, so you've got your regular running or walking clothes and then you've got sweat top and sweat pants on, what's that really doing? That's insulating your body. And so when your muscles work and they're moving stuff around, what do they do? They increase the temperature because you're working your muscles harder. When you work your muscles harder, you're burning more energy. There's more thyroid hormone around. So the temperature of the muscles goes up. And then 
What happens is when you work muscles, they go through metabolism, they dump off junk. The junk goes out, the heat causes the uh, plasma to go heavily into the sweat glands, and then the sweat glands help to excrete and secrete the bad stuff out of the system. So in some cases, you actually get a little bit more movement of bad stuff if you're doing the power walk or the jog or whatever and you're, and you're sweating well because you're not only sweating, but you're moving the muscles and getting stuff moved through them. And next to the liver and the heart and the brain, the muscles that move your body are, are the most uh, metabolism-dependent structures in your whole body. So they're going to move a lot of junk around. So there's all these ways to support getting stuff out. Well, another thing you would think about is what would happen if you had things that were in the body that weren't right, that were not working appropriately, but you got them moving partway and then they stopped. Well, that would seem to be kind of bad. And one of the uh, one of the most interesting examples that I ever saw of this uh, was a young uh, male patient, he was 14 years old, and this was a number of years ago, and was brought in by his parents for a, a large number of reasons. So the first uh, reason was, you know, he had some behavioral and cognitive problems, uh, which, you know, not terribly unusual for 14-year-olds, but they were concerned about him about exposure to certain metals because he'd been around some things on farms and this and that. So we did a, a test on him for heavy metals, and <clears throat> indeed uh, he had a few heavy metals that were really not very good for him. Uh, and then the other thing is he had uh, a real high level of copper. Now, copper is, is not a toxin unless it's in super high amount because without copper, your body can't work. It's like zinc and selenium and stuff. It's trace mineral. You, you don't need a lot, but you need some. And so he not only has, you know, a, a bit of some mercury and some other stuff we're trying to get rid of, but he's got a pretty high level of copper. And so we start to treat him and um, it, because of the heavy metals he had, uh, we gave him some chelators uh, that helped to, again, bind onto these metals. And he starts to chelate. And it was a very gentle dosing, and it was appropriate for his size and everything. And his mother brought him in for the follow-up at uh, uh, three weeks. And this is early in the in the progress, but we like to check in with people who are doing chelation. So she brings him in, and she says, you know, his dad and I think he looks different. His color is different. And what do you think? And I looked at this young man who was Caucasian, so it's easy to see, you know, the, the light skin color was his base. And I looked, and he had a green cast to him. He was literally... Uh, looking kind of like his, his white skin had this green undertone, you know, and not green like on the old Star Trek or something where they painted them green, but, but you could really tell. I mean, I saw him at baseline and he was very, very pale Caucasian and now he was pale Caucasian with, with literally like he'd almost had green powder put on his face. And I said, I, I see it too. When did you start seeing this? And they said about a week ago. Well, 
one of the things that you do when you start to detoxify someone medically is you have baseline laboratory tests and, and you compare them if something changes. So what we did is we retested his uh, urine and we gave him a container to go and collect 24 hours of urine. And the reason we do that is sometimes people's bodies have held on to other weird metals you didn't know they had on the first testing. They start dumping them, they get symptoms. So the green skin was a little bit concerning. We, we don't want that. That's not the direction they wanted him to go. Uh, and so <clears throat> we get back this 24-hour urine and we send it in. And indeed, uh, it was it was it was full of a super high level of copper. There was some other metals, but there's a lot of copper in there. But the most important part of the story is well, I'll just tell you so don't worry about him. He he ended fine. But in the interim, we were thinking, what in the world is going on here? Why is all this copper moving and building up and sticking in his skin? Well, number one, your skin has a lot of blood flow through it. So if you start to have metals, you know, circulating around, et cetera, uh, you're going to have them get stuck in the skin occasionally. So we saw this in the urine test, but the next thing I looked at was what was this total volume for one day? We have to do a 24 hour urine. So I asked the mother, I said, do, you know, and him, he, the 15-year-old, 14-year-old was there. And I said, this, you're sure this is a whole 24 hours of urine? Yep. Didn't miss a single one. They collected every urination. And what I saw on the 24-hour urine volume was he was less than 40% of an average 24-hour urine volume for a similarly sized and aged person. What that means is that he was not having enough fluid coming into him so that he urinated the normal amount that people do. And, and he was a great, in fact, I use to this day uh, this case as an example. When I'm teaching about chelation and detox, um, he was a perfect example of somebody who gets the detoxification process started, but the depuration part is not there to help remove the metals or the chemicals or whatever because the body's emunctories, the way out of the body, they can't get rid of it. So what was his body doing? It was liberating copper from stored areas. It went to the ways out of the body and couldn't get out. So what's it do? It recirculates in the plasma of the blood. And because there's so much copper, it starts to deposit anywhere it can. Well, the skin is the first place, and so hence he turned green. Now, long-term was, uh, this was a wonderful teaching example for him, and I said, okay, the first problem is you have half of the normal amount of urine coming out that you should, and we know your kidneys work because we did other lab tests and the kidneys were working fine. So what that means is you need to drink two to three times as much water. This was hard for him to do. But I said, unless you want to just turn green, that's that's what you got to do. The next thing that we had to do was give some supportive nutrients along with the chelator to enhance the removal. And we did that, and that worked out quite well. And then, of course, we watched him. And over time, as he was compliant with the program, uh, he was actually able to get rid of a lot uh, of the toxins, and he was no longer green. He went back to a very pale uh, Caucasian skin, which is what he started with.
so I like that, and this is a real live case. That actually did happen. Um, and I've had a couple of colleagues who've had a very similar case, and it, it's it's always interesting when it happens. And like I said, he did fine in the long run. He um, got rid of the copper. It eventually went down, and he became a believer in drinking enough water to get stuff moving out. But he is really kind of the the um, supreme case of if you start to do the technical work of detoxification and you don't have the doors open to remove junk from the body like depuration would be, and you don't have the determinants to get the depuration rolling, which is things like sweating, drinking enough water, eating, etc., then you're going to get stuff stuck, and stuck isn't good. It's bad enough to have the toxins in you to start with. It's really bad to just move them around and put them in a new place, but don't remove them from your body. So these are things to keep in mind when you start to do stuff like detoxing or depuration, or you go from being sedentary to doing saunas every day or something. Sometimes you have to kind of ramp up slow, and you need to remember that the primary ways out of the body are going to be kidneys, which is going to be hydration-based, liver, which is going to largely be vitamin-mineral-based because the liver is full of chemical processes that run on vitamin-mineral, digestive, which is an extension of liver metabolism, plus what you eat, plus fiber, etc., and then there's the the whole world of the skin and sweating and breathing and all of that, and that often is improved uh, by movement and exercise. So as we've talked through today, we've talked about toxicity, and nobody likes toxicity, so we'd like to remove it. And we talked about how detoxification is a real specific a process in the body and that is that uh, you are toxic with one thing and we give you a medicine or or a supportive uh, supplement or something to help get rid of that one thing that's detoxification specifically and the big point for today has been what are we doing that would promote both uh, of these things to go on so you want to remember that the depuration process, which is what actually most people are talking about when they say I'm going to detox, they're actually saying I'm going to depurate. Depuration is the whole body gets in the act. I'm supportive to the movement of blood through exercise and heat, the movement of sweat out of the body, the movement of air through the body through exercise and heat. I'm supportive of kidney function through extra hydration and water. And I'm supportive to liver and digestive function through nutrients and through high amounts of fiber going through. So if you're going to do this uh, and you're doing it on your own and you start to not feel well, you may want to access or speak to uh, a, a physician who does depuration and detoxification. Because sometimes, like our patient we talked about who uh, started to turn green, it's just too much for your system to get rid of. So I'm Dr. Paul Anderson, and today we have been talking about the global system of detoxification, all the ramifications of the uh, technical definitions that go on, but really, what do you do to make your body as uninhabitable as possible for all of these bad things that build up? And when in doubt, don't do it on your own. 
connect up with a physician who is trained to do depuration and detoxification. And these are often your naturopathic physicians and integrative medicine physicians who are specialized in this area. It's been my pleasure speaking with you today. I am Dr. Paul Anderson from Anderson Medical Specialty Associates in Seattle, Washington, where we do all of this sort of thing. And I will see you all again in one week on the radio. Have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Medicine and Health with your host, Dr. Paul Anderson. Visit the clinic website at www.anderson.com. A-M-S-A, the number one, dot com, or call the clinic at 206-629-2186.